Money FM 89.3, the best of your money. Money and me on your money, only on Money FM 89.3. Hey everybody, it's bonus season, which means a very important question comes up. What will you do with your bonus? Will you save it, spend it, invest it? Will you top up your parents' CPF for their retirement? Will you pay down your mortgage? Will you pay off debts that you incurred just living this year? Maybe you'll blow it on a vacation. One of the most creative uh, reasons for doing this I heard recently, I am investing in memory creation, Michelle. That's why uh, I will blow my bonus on a vacation. And I'm also getting a lot of emails uh, trying to rush me into spending this December saying, Michelle, you need to spend before December ends because the GST will move up to 9% from 1st of January next year. So we all know the urge to spend is real, but we're going to take a time out and ask, what should we be spending our bonus on that will make us Maybe move the needle a little bit, get us closer to being where my guest is. He attained financial freedom at the age of 33. Is that right, Dan? Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> Daniel Sim is founder of Born Poor Die Rich. He's one of my favorite entrepreneurs to speak with because he's very open and generous with his thoughts. So today we're talking about what we should do with our bonus. Why do you think that how you spend your bonus keeps you trapped in the rat race, Daniel? Hi, Michelle. Thanks, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, I think it's it's really a great question to have, and it started because you know uh, some years back I was at dinner with uh, a few friends, hmm. and and then these friends started to say, oh, oh, we're looking at this Kermit, uh, you know, and stuff like that, and I was like, what, what Kermit, Kermit the Frog, <laughs> <laughs> and later no, then Kermit's our Rolex, you know, and uh, now we got our bonus, maybe you know we've we've been wanting this Rolex, so they asked me, do you uh, collect Rolexes? And I said, no, I don't, I I, I collect houses. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I was just being a bit cheeky to them. But I think, you know, the topic of a bonus is, is quite interesting because it is some, sometimes people apportion the way they think about money differently. Like what is their monthly salary? They say, oh, it's very hard and every morning I have to wake up, you know, and work very hard. So I'll, I'll be tighter in the way I spend it. But bonus seems like it's free money. It's almost like, hey, you know, it's, it's an extra thing. So I just spend it on whatever I want. However, I think, you know, the, the, the wise use of your bonuses, be it to creating more memories or be it investing or even giving to a cause, um, is something that should be more intentional. The, the way I see it is about stewarding the resources that we have been given and, and being a good steward of it. You've just given me the best line, I think, uh, something to aim for when it comes to my own financial journey. I mean, people think that flexing over a Kermit is, is the idea. And by the way, the Rolex Kermit, I think it's named Kermit because the water Watch, it's green. Yes, I found out <laughs> later. Uh, that's my theory. But I like your line, I collect houses. That's something <laughs> to aim for, I definitely think. So yeah, it does feel like free money. And, you know, often people think, don't I deserve to make myself happy? What do you think? I think certainly they do. Um, you know, especially be creating memories. Uh, and there's a lot of FOMO, right? You, on Instagram, people say half of Singapore is in Japan <laughs> and the Japanese Taking, yen is, mm. is uh, lower at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I guess, you know, it's, it's also maybe the way I think it's in percentages, ah. you know, and, and different pots on allocation. So, yes, that could be a pot for travel. Um, that could be a pot for, you know, saving up for long term. So, for example, my car is six years old. My wife and I know that we're going to 
have to have another car in four years' time because we have three kids and it's not cheap. So a portion of that uh, bonus goes towards a a fund that we set aside that is saving up, you know, towards that. So I guess it's not wrong to travel. I mean, we we were traveling in Perth this year for three three weeks earlier in the year. And because of that, we decided not to travel in December. So a lot of people, you know, when I meet them, they're like, hey, where are you going in December? I say, no, I'm just chilling out. They say, well, why are you not traveling? And (laughs) if I was really honest with them, I, I told them, well, I've spent my travel budget for the year. Right. So I'm not going anywhere, mm-hmm. I'm, but I'm traveling next year. Yes, yeah, so down to earth. Love that. Uh, in a while, we're going to talk about how to get out of the rat race, but I also want to throw this open to listeners. So if you have a question for Daniel, Daniel Sim is founder of Born Poor Die Rich, and that is a consultancy, and he helps people really reach that goal of collecting their own houses and building a revenue stream from the rentals of those houses, all, all in the UK, right, Dan? That is correct, yeah. Okay, great. So you can WhatsApp me at 8855089393. You can tell me what you intend to do with your bonus. You can tell me how much of a bonus you're expecting, bigger than last year. By the way, if you want to take a step back, here in Singapore, 8 in 10 firms plan to give bonuses of at least one month's pay. Smaller firms are bucking the general trend. Actually, it's a micro firms. They employ fewer than 10 people. They're even more generous this year. 32% plan an average bonus of more than a month's salary. Imagine that. This is uh, from Manpower Group Singapore. They're a recruitment firm. They put out a survey a couple of days ago. Okay, so how can we break out of the rat race quicker, Dan? Yeah, um, that's, that's a really good question, isn't it? I think a big one in a theme around bonuses is also the idea of delayed gratification and also you know, what does it really take for us to be contented? And I think when I was younger, it was always maybe chasing the next big thing. If, if really I did get a watch or I got a car, yeah, you'll be quite happy for a few days or a few weeks. Mm-hmm. And then that, that kind of just wears off you over time, right? Yeah, definitely. So we're talking about bonuses and what it is that, oh, the texts are coming in. What is it that you are going to be doing with your bonus? Are you planning to save, spend, invest? Uh, okay, so a lot of people saying that <laughs> they're seeing a lot of their money uh, go because they're coming up with their Christmas lists. Oh, they're trying to f- fulfill other people's Christmas wish lists and they're seeing uh, a lot of the splurging happen there. Mm. So I like what you say, Dan. Um, you don't have to deny yourself necessarily, but just think in terms of those um, jars, different jars to put yeah. your, your, your money towards. Sure, you're going to have to spend on a Christmas list to make other people mm-hmm. happy or maybe you want to travel. Nobody's saying you can't do that. Also a good idea to plan for you, use one of those jars to plan for your goals. Is that it? Future yeah, goals. absolutely. The, the way I look at it, and I learned this from T. Half Acker, actually. Oh. He talks about five different money jars. So one is set aside for what he calls a financial freedom account. Mm-hmm. So, And I like it when it's percentages because regardless of if you, if you get half a month or one month bonus, uh, you can always split it into the percentages across the five jars. Okay. So one is a financial freedom account that's okay. for investing to create passive income streams for your eventual financial freedom. Another one is for necessities. It could be you know paying the bills and stuff like that, which I guess when it comes to bonus, um, you probably won't need as much from, from this jar because it will already be covered by your salary for most people. And then there's the long-term savings for spending, which is, you know, it could be a goal. You want to travel um, not just to Batam, but (laughs) to Europe. And then you're saving up for that goal or you're saving up to buy a car in a few years. 
So little by little, it, it adds up. The fourth jar is an education jar where, you know, going for courses, learning from people, uh, just improve your financial literacy, for example. And then the fifth jar, which is my favorite, is called the play jar. <laughs> I think I live there. Yeah. 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 So the, the idea is, you know, because it is, it does take quite a lot of discipline to live your life like that. I, I literally have a different bank accounts for each of these jars and there's a direct debit that goes out to the different jars uh, automatically so that whether I feel disciplined or not <laughs> it happens uh, and according to my priorities in life yeah so, so where does the credit card payment come out of which jar it comes necessities. Out of necessities ah yeah. okay okay got it yeah so the play jar is uh, quite an interesting idea it doesn't even have to be much say two percent or five percent of you know your bonus or your salary and the idea is that you can spend it guilt-free on anything you want um, just to reward yourself for being disciplined and prioritizing the other important areas in your life. Have you told us the percentages associated with all these different jars? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it varies from person to person, but typically necessities would be maybe 50%, uh, financial freedom might be 10%, long-term savings, let me see, 60, 70, 80. Long, long-term savings could be 20%, and then education, 10%, play, 5 to 10%. Something along those lines, but importantly is to track your expenses. The most important thing is, you say, tracking your expenses. Yes, and also putting your big rocks in the different areas of your priority, uh, priorities in life. So for my wife and I, you know, a big part of our priority, and we had a discussion on it, um, sometimes you go for a walk and, and I say, hey, you know, we really want to travel because we want to make memories, <laughs> like what you said earlier. Yeah. Our, our kids are only young this time. Then she says, yeah, but we just have to save up for our car as well. So we have quite a lengthy conversation, like what's the right percentage? Uh, how do we want to weight the different priorities in our life? And we came to the conclusion that, hey, in December, you know, we'll just be at home. We, we like being at home, quite homebodies. Uh, it's kind of like who you're with, what you're doing rather than where you're at. Yeah, I also like the um, collaborative approach to saving and spending, um, you know, you and your wife going on a walk and talking about this together rather than, you know, these unmet resentments sort of just building up and then people feeling, why do we go out for a vacation this, this December? Because, you know, when you've talked about it on a walk together and you've both decided on it, then there's greater peace in the house, I think, when it comes to December because you, you, you both made that agreement ahead of time. That's true. I really yeah, like that. It's not an easy conversation to have, I must say. Sometimes where both of us also try to avoid it because we might have different priorities, we might think differently about it. But I think it's for the greater good. Uh, and going on a walk always puts us in a better mood, you know, get a bit more space. You don't have a screaming kid tugging at your leg. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh, okay. Some really, really great ideas from my friend Daniel Sim, founder of Born Poor Die Rich, uh, who gained his financial freedom at 33. That is incredible, Dan. Did that come because of a big bonus that was handed your way? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, not. I wish so. Uh, it came through a lot of hard work, really learning how the about the system how properties work in the UK, and I'm not talking about the new builds there, mm-hmm. but um, existing properties. I didn't, I didn't even realize I could buy a terrace house there for maybe a hundred thousand pounds. Or if I look in some areas in Scotland, like Glasgow, for example, 
I could buy a flat for £30,000, which is like $50,000 uh, Singapore dollars, which just blew my mind because, hey, actually, you know, if we put a few bonuses together with some savings, the average Singaporean could buy one of these properties every few years or some higher income earners could buy one every year. And each of that would generate 500 in profit. For example, if you look at more advanced strategies, I mean, I probably don't have time to dive into it today, but like houses of multiple occupation, each property could add about a thousand Singapore dollars in profit. And that's another great way to build coming back to the idea of pot. So if I have a car and, you know, it costs me a thousand dollars to upkeep it every month in terms of petrol and maintenance and everything, apart from it coming from your bonus, I have a, a golden goose property that generates the income mm. and the income then pays for this lifestyle expense. Mm-hmm. And the next month, the tenant pays for, pays for it again, you see. So it's not getting depleted. Whereas if I, with the bonus that I have, I spend it, then that's what really keeps us trapped in the rat race because then we've got nothing left unless we blew it on a big holiday. Mm. Then we have to continue to, to get trapped, you know, working, exchanging our time, energy, health for money again. So the big, big idea, and this comes from a young man. I'm surrounded by young men in the studio, wonderful, intelligent young men. Uh, so Robert Kiyosaki, best known as the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad, says what separates the rich from the poor and the middle class is as simple as this. The rich invest in assets, the poor and the middle class invest in liabilities. So is that basically what you're saying? Yeah, I would think so. You know, it's about um, delaying a gratification. Yes, it will be easier if I just blow the money and just, you know, give care to the wind and travel. I mean, who wouldn't want to do that? Yeah. But but I, if I could delay that for a few years, invest it in an asset that would generate passive income month after month, if I have a few of these assets, it starts to pay for my lifestyle. And yeah, you don't need very many of these properties to, you know, generate four or 5,000 a month, which is, I think the average Singaporean's you know, basic needs, I would say. Maybe not their lifestyle, but it pays for the bills, pays for food and, and stuff like that. I'm curious, you know, that property, 50000 you said, a flat in Glasgow. How much, of a mm-hmm. re- how much rent would you be looking at there, possibly, in being able to recoup? Um, I would say maybe you can get between... 350 to maybe 500 pounds, but you know, net of other expenses, your mm. management costs, mm. and stuff like that, which is why I mentioned a ballpark of about 500 sing dollars in profit. Oh, okay. and, and I know that um, one thing that uh, people have been talking about is how much to give to their parents as well. Yeah, <laughs> but, we're gonna get there in a bit, we're gonna get there in a bit, not there yet, mm-hmm, not there yet, okay. <laughs> But, you know, it's about them designing my lifestyle this way. And I have, you know, a baby that's kind of turning too soon and kids are expensive, isn't it? (laughs) We could do a whole show on how much does it really cost to raise a kid in Singapore. True, true. I should get some of my millionaire friends together and we'll chat about (laughs) that. that. That's fun. Okay, okay. So we are talking about designing a life together and how specifically you spend your bonus could determine whether or not you meet your financial goals. Daniel Sim is founder of Born Poor Die Rich, financially free at 33, an entrepreneur. You can learn from Daniel how to create your portfolio of homes in the UK, right? So you can start investing your own uh, portfolio, property portfolio. And Daniel, you have 83 units, is that right now? Yes, across 25 properties, yes. 83 units across 25 properties. What does that mean? Uh, well, some, some of the properties are more advanced strategies than letting it out by the room, or it could be flats. So some of these 25 properties are larger. Um, they have separate units that are each rented out to an individual tenant. So that's, that's kind of what it means. Have you also built your own buildings in the UK? Um, I actually haven't. I I quite like to keep it simple, you know, just do a cosmetic refurbishment, nothing structural. You know, I I think my mentor always shared with me, 
don't try to be a hero. <laughs> so, you know, just doing more of what is tried and tested and works and just replicating and making it a system. Well, that's, thanks that's for being approach. our mentor on air with us here, Dan. It is now time to talk about that poll. So here's the number and you can send me your thoughts as well. 88550893. Thanks, everybody, for those WhatsApp uh, messages. Some also asking how I'm doing after COVID. I'm doing okay. I'm doing really good. And uh, Dan is down with a fever, but he is still joining us. I appreciate it, Daniel. Thank you so much. So let's You're talk. Welcome. Let's talk about parents. So three in four of a thousand people polled in an online survey commissioned by the Straits Times say they do give a regular sum to their parents. And we're polling our guests, Daniel. Uh, about half Singaporeans in the survey say they give about three hundred to five hundred a month on average. Half also said they give about uh, among those who gave they said they give about 300 to 500 and about half of those surveyed say they give about 10 to 20 percent of their salary so we're curious uh, how much of an allowance do you think a child should give to their parents here yeah that's a interesting question it's hard just to give a specific amount because what each parent needs and what each child can give is it's going to be subjective but uh, that's it you know i I agree with uh, some of the news and articles. I think Chris was saying, you know, a big part of it is filial piety. It doesn't really matter how much it is. It's really more the thought. And I do agree with that. My dad actually passed on early this year. And, you know, after, you know, settling all the the funeral and everything, you know, that's a huge buzz, isn't it? But one of the moments where I really broke down was when I was alone at home, sitting in my my chair, and I was cancelling my direct debit to his account, which will be soon frozen. And that hit me really hard. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I was very glad that, you know, I could provide for him all the way till his, his last day. Yeah, because you, ne- you never really know when, right, how much time we have on this earth. I'm so sorry to hear about the loss of your dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, thanks for sharing that. Basically, it was a direct debit, you know, and um, what's most important is the, the thought, I suppose. It doesn't matter how much. I got two other ideas, you know, that we actually executed for my, my mom, uh, who's still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for, for a lot of us, get married and we move out, and parents have a bit of an empty nest uh, syndrome, isn't it? So um, what my brother and I then did is we looked for a tenant uh, for these rooms that we were staying in whilst we were younger, uh, and that would then generate some passive income for my mom. So obviously she was very resistant to the idea initially. Sure, yeah. Um, it's like, you know, having a stranger, you know, what mm. this guy, is, this person is terrible to live with. Yeah. But, you know, being <laughs> a property investor, it... <laughs> I, I just kind of told her, hey, you know, if you find a tenant that is uh, not so suitable, then don't take it. You know, you're not in a hurry. You can wait a, a, a while longer <laughs> until someone more suitable comes along. And, you know, lo and behold, she finds this 20-some-year-old Malaysian uh, young boy who's working in Singapore. And he's the quietest of tenants. He leaves the house early in the morning. He comes back late, late after work. Very polite to my mom. And uh, <laughs> she even keeps his laundry, you know, when it's going to rain, a little bit like her son. <laughs> so I think that has really worked out well for her. And, and you know, every time when it comes to renewal of the tenancy, she, she will tell me, oh, I, I hope that he renews. He's such a nice boy. And it's really quite a win-win situation, I think. Oh, that's a happy situation. Uh, but she had a big role to play in, in finding and, and agreeing on the tenant in the first place, hey? Yes, yeah. Very, very important. Okay, so your final words on people out there thinking, should I give a regular sum to my parents? How much should I be looking at? Uh, I, I think, you know, certainly um, one should give 
to their parents, um, whether it is um, you know a few hundred a month or five hundred or thousand, is to the degree in which the need is. And I think some people have said, "Oh, my parents are financially well-to-do, so I don't really need to give that much." Mm-hmm. Then maybe give something that that expresses a thought. But beyond money, I also think it's also giving of our time, giving of um, you know. So I recently, I hope my mom is not tuning into this, but she, uh, <laughs> she had a ceiling fan that stopped working, and I told her, "Okay, why don't you just call this number and get the fan company to come and install?" new one. One week later, she was still complaining. It's so hot. There's no fan. And I said, have you called the company? She said, no. And I was like, why? And she said, I don't know. You called for me. I called you, <laughs> she's thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was quite frustrated. But, you know, I kind of bit my tongue and I just settled it for her. I think that's another way of giving, another way of showing love to our parents. It doesn't necessarily have to be financial, but also giving of our time, of our energy, of our attention. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Sometimes be their call center. <laughs> Especially a tech, tech call center. Yeah. <laughs> Always useful. Well, terrific speaking with you and thanks for soldiering on despite that sore throat, Daniel. No worries. Always a pleasure, Michelle. Thank you. He's Daniel Sim, founder of Born Poor, Die Rich. Isn't that a great goal right there in his business name? Daniel Sim, my guest this morning in Money and Me. The news is straight ahead. Stay with me. Before acting on the information on Money FM. Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.